School didn't teach us how to be good at love. So I created the Stubborn Love Podcast to help you navigate it. With my expertise in the marriage therapy biz, I'll share insights on topics like sex, money, and rock and roll. Um, I mean, navigating conflict and more. No matter what stage of relationship you're in right now, this podcast is for you. Every episode has actionable tips that will help you create a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life with the people you love. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now and join me on this journey of love and learning for the stuff they didn't teach you in relationship school. All right, welcome back to another episode of Stubborn Love. We have another beautiful guest on here. Uh, her name is Christina Smith, and she is a life coach and an author. And she's going to talk to us today about how to ask for what we want in relationships. And I know this is so needed uh, to everybody here. So, uh, Christina, why, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself before we jump into our topic today? Yeah, sure. So I am a life coach. And a few years ago, I wrote a book called Inviting Shift about how we can make real shift happen in our life. And the reason I'm focused on relationships is that I realized that when I was growing up, I didn't have any good examples of relationships. The the relationships that I saw, they didn't work, or at least they didn't work in a way in which I was comfortable with it anyway. Um, so I also moved every six months, so making friends was really, really mm. challenging. So I wasn't taught how to make relationships, how to be in relationships, how to clear communication. All of that was really a struggle. <clears throat> so you can imagine when I went into my first marriage, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't pretty. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but there's I guess no handbook. Yeah, yeah, there is no handbook. And I had what uh, I guess Dr. Phil would call a starter marriage, you know, where you kind of tested things and go, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> ah, yeah. And so in my second marriage, I have a husband who really does a lot of his own personal growth work. And what was really, really beautiful about him is he made really good boundaries, boundaries that didn't make me feel like he was putting walls up between us. Um, that he was asking for what he wanted. And that was a really good example for me because that's one of the relationship patterns I would get into. And so I focus on breaking relationship patterns mm -hmm. because I think that they just happen over and over again. We know what patterns are. If I go home to my mama, I go right back into that relationship of being the child and the mama, right? Like however mm -hmm. that shows up, unless we're really conscious about how we want to shift our behavior, we fall right back into whatever pattern is happening at the time. Right. Right. So I, I learned that I really had to ask for what I wanted. And I tell you today, the sexiest thing my husband can do is tell me exactly what he wants <laughs> mm -hmm. so that I don't have to guess and I don't have to pretend because what happens is we start these codependent behaviors when we're not asking for what we want. Mm -hmm. So if I'm upset and he's a people pleaser, well, he's going to think that he can do something to make me happy. Yeah. And when I'm upset, people doing things for me and then me having to feel grateful for something I didn't even want in the first place feels like even more pressure. So now we have a deal that we do not fix or solve each other's problems unless we've been specifically asked 
for exactly what it is that they want so that we can we can save our energy and our time and all the stress and relationship of trying to imagine what it is mm-hmm. that they want. Mm-hmm. I'm even thinking about literally last night because I had this talk with my partner because there was one time where I was really frustrated where I didn't get to the kitchen um, one day and I just kind of let the dishes uh, pile up just over one day. And he's like, oh, this is really irritating for me. And I, I asked him, just tell me, you know, sometimes I get caught up doing work stuff or get caught up in relaxing. Just tell me and I don't mind doing it. I just need a little reminder. Well, mm. it, it happened yesterday after dinner. I didn't get to dishes, you know, right away. And he came in. He told me, hey, can you clean up the kitchen? And like my smile just went 10 times, you know, big. It was amazing to know, okay, this is exactly what to do. And I'm not mad at you for it. That's right. And there's a trust Mm -hmm. that's built then too. Like Mm -hmm. I know that you're not pretending to be okay with the fact that there's dishes in the kitchen. You're coming and you're telling me exactly, you know, what it is that you would like. So I don't have to guess why you're angry later or why you're upset, right? Like I already Mm -hmm. know because you've asked me to clean up the kitchen and maybe I didn't do that or whatever the the thing is. But I can be very clear on what's going on in our relationship. And that Mm -hmm. builds trust, right? Just like boundaries are the same thing. Boundaries aren't there to be like controlling or punishing. They're there just to just to say this this is where I end and this is where you begin, right? This is where my responsibility is going to end and this Mm -hmm. is where you are going to begin. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so in that example, that works really well for you and your partner. My husband went through a different experience. (laughs) (laughs) Share. Yes. So when we first started living together, we realized we have two completely different ways of living our weekly life, right? Yeah. I'm like a hurricane Monday through Friday. And so I am like you. I may forget to do the dishes, leave my clothes on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like that's just who I am. Now, at the end of the week, Saturday, I'm going to go, I'm going to bust the whole house out, right? And I'm yep. going to get it all clean, put it all away. My husband is different. He doesn't care about the cleaning, but he cares about mess. So when things are left out, right? So when I would leave my clothes on the floor, right, he has he has choices here. And this is important because we're going to bring up this point later too. Um, but he has choices here. He can ask me constantly to pick up my clothes. It's one choice that he has, right? He can do that. Um, he can pick it up himself, right? That's an option. Or he can just leave it there and he knows at the end of the week it's going to get picked up. Like he no worries. It's it's definitely going to get taken care of, right? It's just his timer is much shorter than mine is uh, when it comes to putting stuff away. So he's always looked at it. And, and let me tell you, it took me years. I had no idea that this was uh, something that he was going through because he never mentioned it to me. So you had no idea. <laughs> had no idea. And he chose not to ask or nag because he figured she's a grown woman. She, if she wants to pick up her clothes, she will. And what he realized was, it was his discomfort, right? So there's a big difference between right. safety and discomfort. If mm-hmm. it was a safety issue, like I was leaving clothes on the stove or something, he would have told me right away and been like, hey, this is a safety issue. Yeah. But when it came to him, it was like, well, this is my discomfort. So I get to choose 
what I'm going to do with it. Am I going to get what I want out of my wife if I'm talking to her like a teenage, like she's a teenager and being like, you got to clean up your room? Probably not. (laughs) If it really bothers him, he picks it up. But most of the time, he just leaves it there now because he knows that I'm going to pick it up at some point. And he just deals with his own discomfort of having it lay there. Oh, okay. So how does it, I mean, when we are feeling discomfort with someone else's boundaries, what do we do with all that? Like, how do we manage it? Well, we get to choose, right? So (laughs) (laughs) the first thing is um, knowing that you may not get what you want, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but we, we can ask for things and we have to keep in mind that we may not get what we want. And it it could be because they don't want to give it to us, right? It could be like you were like, I'm not cleaning up the dishes tonight, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So he may not get what he wants. <laughs> yeah. The second thing is, and I think that this is really important because it took me a good decade to get over this one. They may not be able to give you what you want. So, for example, my husband, um, when it comes to planning, I'm like, I have my calendar in my head. I know what's going on all the time. Like, and I feel like I'm constantly reminding him. Now, I came from a family where if my mother had to tell me something more than once, there was consequences, right? So I learned that what people said to me was very important. I was going to remember it, write a note, make sure I remembered My husband came from a family where it was nothing like that. Like they just repeated, we're going to go to the park tomorrow at three. Today we're going to the park at three. In just a couple hours, we're going to go to the park at three. So like he, there was no need for him to remember every detail of whatever other people say. Right. So I would be like, okay, we're going to go have dinner at the Joneses on Friday, right? Days away. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, days away. And I have included all kinds of uh, catch-alls. Like I send him an email, then I know it's at least on his calendar. Will that help? Not always. Like he may not know it until it, like it pops up on his calendar. He's like, oh, we're supposed to be at the Joneses. <laughs> like that's that's what happens for him. Yeah, that's what I'm doing um, today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, it would panic me because – he wouldn't remember. And to me, because of my childhood, the story I told myself about it was that I'm not important enough for him to remember the things that I tell him. Now, after a decade of conversations and arguments and conflicts about it, I really know that his intention is to remember. His intention is to, you know, really be on my page that he's not trying to tell me that I'm unimportant he just doesn't have the ability. (laughs) He Mm. just doesn't have the ability to remember things. So I can choose to remind him or when it comes to six o'clock on Friday, I can choose to go to the Joneses by myself. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. There's options that I have, right? And my option is to no longer get mad at him for not being able to remember things because Mm -hmm. it's just going to happen over and over and over again. So how often do I want to get mad at this? And is it a relationship breaker? No, because for him, he's very spontaneous. If I say that, oh, we're supposed to leave in five minutes, he's like, all right, let me get my shoes and and coat. Like, no big deal. Me, I need to know all day. I'm preparing mentally for the social interaction, especially these days in COVID, right? Yeah. I'm like, 
I, I need to know ahead of time. I would not be good with, hey, do you want to go to dinner in five minutes with the Joneses? Like, I need more preparation than that. So that's my codependent behavior is I used to get upset because I was afraid of his discomfort mm-hmm. from this spontaneous thing. Wow. He didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't oh. care. So we can ask for what we want. We may not get it. And it may not be because the other person doesn't want to provide it. It could be a skill they just don't have to give you. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And and it's only fair to our partners to not falter them for that if they can't help it. Hmm. I, I want to go back to thinking about how you, you made the kind of like the, the thought of, oh my gosh, do they not care about me? Are they not thinking about me? I think that happens to us a lot, especially us more yeah. anxious people. Mm-hmm. So how do we, um, you know, is there anything that, that you've uh, found, especially with your mindset shifting to, to help with that type of thought process? Oh, yeah. I have a whole bunch of tools. But when it specifically comes to relationships, again, you just ask, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, so the story I'm telling myself right now is that I'm not important because you don't remember things. I don't know that that's actually true. Can you tell me what your intention is? Because yeah. here's the impact. Yes. Right? Yeah. So we still get to ask. We get to have that clear communication. We don't have to guess stories in a relationship. We can actually ask them, right? Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not we believe them, you know, my first husband, I don't know if I would have believed the answers he would have given me. Um, sure. That's a whole different relationship problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it has to be like a, an establishment of some trust in the relationship yes. so so that we can ask for what we need to, to really believe their answers, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, That's tough. it is tough. It is tough. And again, we have to go back um, to is what's happening unsafe or uncomfortable? And this is a question I ask inside relationships, outside of relationships, because we get into that panic place, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, if this is the story I'm telling myself and I'm not important, then that must mean that he doesn't really care about my relationship. Could he be cheating on me? Maybe he's not even that committed, right? Like I can go down that whole storyline mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. my brain is is has this beautiful, wonderful human feature, this animalistic feature that says um, things that are unsafe are really scary and bad and I want to be able to see them. Now, the problem that we have today is most of the decisions and thoughts and anything else that's going on is not about a safety issue. It's about discomfort. And we yeah. completely confuse that. Yeah. And we say, oh, well, you know, if it's uncomfortable or if it's something I don't want, we make like, this is what I want and everything else is what I don't want. Mm-hmm. And then if it's something I don't want, we automatically, our brain, if we are unconscious about it, will automatically put it into a safety issue. And mm-hmm. that's what creates the panic. Oh my God, I'm not going to be okay in this relationship because this one red flag that my brain made up and now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, the whole thing is bad, right? Yeah. 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 I like how you're bringing in the biology aspect of it, you know, because it has me thinking that the primalness of like what you were saying way back when, when it was like cavemen and, you know, facing all these tigers. And yes, our bodies went into that type of response and that was appropriate then. 
But now all that's taken care of. There's so much more safety right. in the world. So we're just reacting that same way to these these emotional type of triggers. Yeah. Oh. And emotions are nothing but like, because feelings are something that happen in your body. They're the sensations in our bodies that come up when whatever. We're hungry, we're thirsty, we're angry, we're sad. It doesn't matter. It's all mm -hmm. really the same. They're just different sensations in our body. Emotion is the reaction we have to our stories. Mm -hmm. So emotion is actually a thought process and it's how our body reacts to that thought process. Yeah. And it's this continuous cycle that just keeps going because we get the feeling before we realize that there was a thought. Like if we did see a tiger, yep. we would get scared and start running first. Yeah. Do we really know? Like we didn't actually have the thought, oh, that's a tiger. I should probably run. That looks really scary. Like we don't go through all that. There's automatic oh. thinking that happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, thankfully, we wouldn't be around today if there wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's automatic thinking that happens and then our body reacts to it. And then goes that mm -hmm. second wave of automatic thinking, all the stories about what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, I must be in the wrong place. What did I do? Why was I here? I don't want to be near a tiger. Like, how mm -hmm. did I not know? Right? How can I be so stupid to not to be out here and not prepared? Whatever the whole yeah. story is. And then of course, our body reacts to that and goes, ooh, we're really anxious. This is really scary. Like we're making it so scary that our body is reacting to it. Mm -hmm. So we can really bring that back with the first question, which is, is this unsafe or is this uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is really important because discomfort is where the growth comes Discomfort yeah. is how we make relationships more intimate, right? Some mm -hmm. of the most uh, trusting relationships I have are because we went through some stuff that was really icky. Yeah. That, and we got through it. We were able to um, have the conversations and get through it. So discomfort is where all of our beautiful characteristics come from. Our inner wisdom, our courage, our kindness, our empathy, our compassion, Mm -hmm. We get that because we've had uncomfortable times, not because life has been great and privileged, right? <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So so with knowing what is safe, how do you really like disperse that? Especially I I'm thinking of someone who, who comes from like a trauma-related background where things really weren't safe, especially yeah. you know, if it's relationship trauma. How how can they kind of tease that apart to realize, okay this is actually more discomfort rather than safety, but it feels yeah. like safety issue. Right, right. So, and it comes down to the difference between need and want. Obviously, if there's a safety issue, there's something I need, right? Mm -hmm. If there's something I want, that's probably just uncomfortable, right? So how do we how do we decipher that? We do a lot of personal growth work <laughs> and decide <laughs> what it is, what it is that we can live with and what we can't live, live with. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. all of my clients, whether they are single or in relationships, they start with non-negotiables. What is absolutely yes. non-negotiable in your relationship? Because that can tell you right away, <laughs> you know, like if honesty is something that's really important to you and your partner has been lying to you, this may be a non-negotiable. This is a safety issue for you, right? At mm -hmm. least it is for me. When my partners are not honest with me, I like, oh, I spin out, right? Because then yeah. I tell myself stories about why they're not being honest with me. <laughs> exactly. And then it could go on forever. 
Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, deciding what it is that we need versus we want, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. mean we can't ask for the things that we want, but if we can't get the things that we need, yeah. this may not be a relationship we can thrive in. Yeah. I'm also thinking of um, people who are, are more uh, tending towards people-pleasing tendencies mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in, instead of really being able to identify what they need, you know, in their mind, they're thinking, oh, my gosh, what will it take to make yes. this relationship work, to make that other person happy? So how do we even start there with that if we have someone struggling with that? Yeah, it's about looking within themselves, right? And going, is this something? So people who have had seriously traumatic backgrounds, there are going to be some people that they're not matched for. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just some people who are not going to change their ways, not going to really negotiate or compromise. And so that may not be a relationship for you. I hate mm-hmm. to say things like that. I don't like to break up relationships. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's some, if you, if there is something that you need, I mean, it's just like um, if you've been in a sexually abusive relationship, it may be really hard for you to be in a relationship with somebody who wants, um, some kink in their life, you know, that may not fit for you. So asking for what we want is really, really beautiful because even though they may not give it to us, Mm -hmm. we have more information about the relationship, right? Right. If you're not willing to give me the things that I need, or you're just not able to, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not the relationship for me. And out of all the clients that I've had, Mm -hmm. I can't think of one who stopped their marriage because they couldn't get what they wanted. It was more like they had Mm. to think of new ways of getting what they wanted and they had to be really clear. So there are some steps to asking for what you want. So I had a client come to me and she was like, he just doesn't make me happy anymore. He doesn't make me feel loved. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, have you asked for what you wanted? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, and he doesn't do it. She's like, no, he did it all but I still don't feel loved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like you're not clear. <laughs> Sounds like you're not clear on what it is that, you know, makes you feel loved. Because again, yeah. that's that's a whole uh, linguistic thing too. Nobody's going to yeah. make you happy. We right. have to ask for what we want, right? And if mm-hmm. that is not making us happy and they're doing it, then obviously we're not really clear on what it is on what the the real struggle is, right? There's probably a story underneath that you're mm-hmm. telling yourself mm-hmm. that is preventing you from feeling loved, right? You don't yeah. make me loved. I some my husband can do all the beautiful things in the world. If I'm not feeling loved that day, it doesn't matter what he does. Yeah. Yeah. He could <laughs> give you so, the moon. And yeah, you still so not getting, feel it. Uh-huh. Yeah, getting really clear. Not like I want you to make me feel loved, but you know what I would love is you know when we're having a conversation, you put the phone down, so I felt really important. You know that you're really here with me, having a conversation, and not on your phone. That's yep. a specific thing we can yes. ask for. Yeah, I love that, and and I think specifics help even more because it doesn't keep the other person guessing. Because again, it's, you know, may- maybe we think we think we're telling the person what we want or what we need, more like make me feel more loved. 
okay, but that still leaves a lot of guesswork for the other person to get it wrong and then make you, I'm using quotations, but make you unhappy and not loved. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, there's, there's millions of people in the world. We probably all have different ways that we want to feel loved, right? And what that means Mm -hmm. to us. I mean, it just, it's, Asking for what we want really takes the pressure off of relationships and expecting other people to ask for what they want, right? My husband's in a bad mood. I don't have to guess whether it's about me because I know if it's about me, he's going to talk to me about it and Mm -hmm. ask me for something, right? Mm -hmm. I can trust that. So I no longer have all those other stories that, oh, he's just, you know, sometimes when he gets focused at work, I can start telling myself that he's in a bad mood because he's usually in his lover all of the time. So when he's like in his focused warrior, mm-hmm. he like, uh, it's a little scary for me. So um, I used to tell myself all kinds of stories about it. And it was like, no, he's just focused. Like this doesn't have anything to do with me. Why do I make right. everything about him? about me. Right? Yeah. Well, that's interesting too, though. We always go to us. What is it about mm-hmm. me? What did I do wrong? What did mm-hmm. I say wrong? What? I mean, do you have any insight on that? Why that's our first go-to instead of actually thinking, oh, maybe they had a bad day at work? Oh, well, I mean, when we're young, um, I think a lot of our parents do a lot of codependent behaviors like, oh, you're such a good boy. You make me so happy. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so now that good boy thinks that they have to make people happy for the rest of their lives. And there's all kinds of instances where we we do things like this. Right. Just even using good boy. Good boy means that you're doing what I want you to do. Yeah. Bad boy means that you're not doing what I want Mm -hmm. you to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So we learn from an early age to become pleasers, whether we're women or men. And I think that women just get the brunt of it because they're not allowed to be girls, aren't allowed to be girls or whatever. <laughs> like boys yeah. can be boys sometimes. But yeah, we we do a lot of people pleasing as children. And it just, it got reinforced, right? We got rewarded for pleasing other people and doing what mm-hmm. they wanted and paying attention to all of our elders. And so it just became a way that we show love to, mm-hmm. to other people. But, and then that would be really okay if, we balanced it with how we take care of ourselves. Right. I talk a lot about self-love. I have a course on self-love and people are always like, oh, it just feels so cringy to be like, put me first. And it was yeah. like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so selfish. How could I, you know, think about what I need when, you know, my partner's suffering or yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us more, more about this then. Yeah, but it's such a beautiful thing because if I focus on me, I get to know what it is that I need. One, I can pr- I can now fix things for myself. I step out of that maiden kind of archetype where I need someone to save me, right? Mm-hmm. I can save myself, which takes a lot of pressure off my partner. And then when I come in with my partner, it's like we get to provide each other what we want, not what we need, right? Mm-hmm. And if there is something that I need from him, I can ask. I can, I can clearly ask for what I want, yeah. but it's really a beautiful thing when we don't need our partner for anything because it's two independent people coming together. I know it's so much less romantic than the Disney movies, but, <laughs> but this is really how we build really beautiful relationships where there's balance and, and 
both parties feel empowered in the relationship mm-hmm. rather than the one that gets dumped on or the one that's always doing all of the stuff, right? Like we get to balance that. Yeah. I I like that you brought that up because I listened to something um, that Esther Perel said recently about how relationships are really meant to uh, encourage personal growth in each other, you know, as individuals, you know, if Mm -hmm. I'm holding you back from personally growing into what you're wanting to do, I'm also holding back the relationship and growing in different ways too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, that growth is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to feel clunky at first, especially if you're both going through your own trans. I mean, We've each had our own kind of phases of midlife crisis type things. And and it's just so much easier when we do our own work first, because then we're we're not depending on the other person for so much. I feel like when we don't do our personal growth work, we do a lot of shaming and blaming and at fault kind of discussions instead of, um, where we really want to be is I want to be with my partner against the problem not the two of us against each other, right? right. That's where we want to be. And if, if we're clearly asking for what we want and need and being clear about whether it is a want or a need, right? Because that also mm-hmm. sets some trust. Um, then, then we start getting really clear about who we are and how we want to show up to the relationship. Yeah. And it really doesn't, like, you can actually shift your relationship without the other party doing their work sometimes. So, okay, it sounds Still really odd, that. but yeah. there are ways, I mean, there are ways to start modeling it, right? So when I mm. met the husband that I have now, I had never done personal growth work before. I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about 15, 20 years ago. Um yeah, I didn't know, but he modeled things so much that I would like sit up and be like, what's that you say? <laughs> like, <laughs> your interest. Like, yeah, I remember I started going to therapy in women's groups because one day I was telling him that he was making me mad. And he was mm-hmm. like, I'm not making you mad. I'm like, what do you mean? You did the thing. What else would I think except that you're trying to make me mad? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I had to go do a whole lot of work. Um, he modeled uh, not having arguments, not meaning that we didn't have conflict and we didn't resolve it. But he, d- we do not do the whole screaming at each other thing. Like that mm-hmm. just doesn't feel good to me. It reminds me too much of my childhood. I don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, he also is like, there's no name ca- and no name calling or judgments. Like we're not, we're not going to judgment dump the other person. Yeah. So it's really about, you know, he modeled so much of it to me. And I have clients that I just, I just got feedback today where it was like, I can't believe my husband's changing, even though he's not even doing, he's not going to therapy or anything. And Mm -hmm. just because I have been showing up differently, he's been showing up differently because I've been speaking my truth. He's more honest now and in in a loving way, but they're more honest with each other because she's opened that up. Right. Yeah. So, so you can make some shifts. I'm not saying 
not all people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not everybody's no. flexible like that. Not everybody is flexible. Sometimes modeling takes much longer than we ever want it to be. It could take years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not an overnight thing. Would I encourage everyone to go to couples counseling? Of course. I think it's beautiful. I think it's really mm-hmm. great, even if it's like twice a year just for a check-in and make sure that you're all really clear with each other. Yeah. I think it would be a really beautiful thing. And um, we still can make changes, right? We can make changes even if the partner questions therapy or support groups or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one. Well, were you kind who, of hesitant about it too when you first was started? I hesitant about it? Yes. yes. So um, my husband's part of an organization called the Mankind Project, and they have a women's mm-hmm. organization called Woman Within. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew women from there. They were very sweet. I had gone to some of their circles and they have a weekend. It took me like a good three years to sign up for that weekend. Yeah. yeah, I was hesitant because it was like a whole new way of being in relationship. And I'm a late adopter. So like I want to see that things are working out before like yeah. I commit to anything. Like what is this? Who do voodoo of you? I'm not making you mad. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to start looking at all of that stuff. And I did find, like, I did go to therapy um, probably two years in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a good three years before I was like, all right, I'll try this thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and okay it's- that it just takes some time to make these changes happen. I mean, obviously, it seems like things are really working out now for you with these huge shifts that you've made, but it's not going to happen overnight. Exactly. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen overnight. And I mean, nothing, nothing does that I can recall. <laughs> not when it Thanks. comes to shifting the way that we, we think things, right? And the way that we see things. Um there's when it comes to personal growth i always i always talk about it's like um it's like a door cracking open right like the mm-hmm. first thing is you have to unlock it and then you might just leave it there and just look at it and then you might turn the handle but just crack it like you don't really want to see in there right so it's mm-hmm. like it's like a little bit of work right we wish we could tear the whole onion apart and be like just cut it in half right and get to the right. core but we have to peel it off little by little because our brains are really beautiful. And at the same time, um, there are things like cognitive dissonance. So having to experience a new way of being mm-hmm. can be really jarring. Um, and back to the book that I wrote, Inviting Shift, it brings us to the hardest stage of shift, which is, I call it the mm. F stage, fear, fortitude, but you can use whatever. Oh, I thought it was like. a different F word. Yeah, it could be that one too, because that's what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the stage where we got this giant aha, because what I learned was whether I was a health coach, a life coach, whatever, um, people know what to do. Mm-hmm. They usually know what to do right? It's just hard to put it in play. And putting it in play is the F stage, the fear of fortitude. Are we going to cave to fear and go back to our default of just, you know, staying in this relationship pattern? Or are we going to step out of that pattern and choose a new way, like maybe asking for what we want or uh, stopping an argument right in the middle and being like, hold on, you know, this this, we need time to process this so that we can come back and not have this argument like this. 
Yeah. So it's really about um, really stepping out of that pattern, right? And I really think that asking for what you want is the one thing that we can, uh, we can make it so much easier on ourselves and so much easier on our partners. Mm-hmm. Just by asking for what we want, our partners will naturally start asking for what they want too. Um, yeah. And that's really a beautiful thing. No more guessing, no more. I'm not a good gift buyer. I never know what to buy people. Mm-hmm. So like that's what depending on not asking for not getting a Christmas list, right? It's like, it feels right. scary to me. I'm going to get the wrong thing. I'm going to put all this effort into something really beautiful and they're not going to care about it. Like, yes, <laughs> There's that fear. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But it's so much easier if I'm like, oh, he said he wanted X, Y, and Z. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then everybody so, gets what they want. <laughs> I know. Then everybody's happy and we don't right. have to be upset at each other. Right, right. Yeah. But the reason yeah. we don't is because we have all these Disney movies and all these media that tells us that he should just know what you want, right? Like somehow yes. Prince Charming's going to walk up. He's going to be perfect. He's going to say all the right things and do all the right things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, if he's not doing that, he's not your Prince Charming. Well, you're going to throw out a lot of princes trying to get that perfect fit mm-hmm. if, if you don't expect asking for what you want is an important part. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm even thinking of like how in the honeymoon stage of things, our brains are like, oh my gosh, it's like they can see inside my soul and think exactly what I need. And mm. then, you know, five years into the relationship or 10 years in, they're like, well, he should just know, you know, they love me. Like, why don't they know what I want or need? Right. It's so interesting. So, so yeah. what, what, what can we do with like media and like all of this stuff that kind of sets us up for that idea that, yeah. oh, well, if they love me, they should just know. Like, how do we fight against that? Well, I mean, I see it and I just think that's cute. And you'll catch me and my husband going, did you just see what she said? <laughs> that's not very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen, right? Like, so we always yeah. call this stuff out. Because, I mean, out. yeah, yeah, it's just we want to be able to witness it and be like, oh, actually. And this still happens to me. Like, their passive aggressiveness is something I am really good at. Um, I can't. <laughs> it's just—it's a language my mother taught me, um, and so I don't even know half the time when I'm doing it. So instead of asking for what I want, I have some backass comment that—excuse oh, my language—but um, a comment that is just like, "Well, I guess I have to go do that thing," or whatever it is. Right? I can—I yeah. can hear myself saying the backwards comment, and then I'm like. Mm. Christina, what is it that you really want right now? And why can't you just ask for that? Right. But that's, yeah. that's a language I wasn't taught clear communication. So I still have to catch myself to this day. I mean, there's times where I go into my husband's office, I say something, I walk out and I'm like, I have to walk back in. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was really passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> what I really meant was what I would like is this. <laughs> but that's important though, that that yeah. opportunity to repair and say, you know what? I didn't mean it like that. I'm so sorry about that impact that it might have caused you. Here's my intention instead. Yeah. Beautiful. And I could easily rub it off and be like, oh, well, he's used to me being blunt and direct and he'll, he'll get over it. Right. Yeah. That's what he loves he about really me. 
Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> one day, <laughs> one day he was just really honest with me and told me how much his, my passive aggressiveness hurt him. And yeah. I was like, ah, like I didn't know about impact. Thank you for sharing that with me. And mm-hmm. so I, I try really hard not to do it now. And he understands because I don't do it that often anymore. But I mean, I work with women every day and I still get caught up in like not asking clearly for what mm-hmm. I want, right? Because there's a vulnerability mm-hmm. that's there. I'm speaking from my truth and I'm hoping you're going to understand. And what if I think my truth is a little wackadoo, right? Like yeah. the trauma that I went through as a child and is like, there was consequences if I didn't remember everything my mother said. Mm-hmm. It was like, what if I tell him that I need him to remember this because the story I'm telling myself is from childhood that if if you're not listening to everything, I'm not important, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. then he got the opportunity to share with me, hey, look, that's not the intention I have. I have every intention on thinking that everything that you say is important. And my brain doesn't work that way. I can't yeah. ca- calendarize in my head like you can. Like I, I just can't do that. So yeah. it helped me understand that his intention was not the story I was telling myself in my head, mm-hmm. right? What and a beautiful to- conversation that you can have yeah. instead of going at it like, you never listen to me. You can't remember anything I say. And, and it's and so shaming, of- right? I mean, yeah. it just feels so icky because it's like, okay, the last way you're going to get what you want is by telling the other person they'd have the inability to give it to you. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's like Brene Brown says shame corrodes the very part of us that thinks that we're capable of change. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if we shame the other person, I mean, and I, I'm, I raised my hand. I'm pretty sure I did this in my first marriage. I did a lot of shaming, hoping that he would change because that's how I changed my own behavior, right? I used a lot of shaming, hoping that shame would motivate me into doing the right thing. Yeah, the inner critic that's like, yeah, sure, that's gotten me to change. Right. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't. I mean, sometimes it works, but in the end, you still feel kind of crappy about yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, "Mm, how effective is that in the long run? Right. Um. So yeah, so I use my own shaming methods that I use on myself. I tried it on on husband number one. Husband number two doesn't really play that Didn't game. Put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> good for him, but also good for you because then yes. that made you grow. Right, exactly. It started making me look at so what part of this is just my discomfort, and which part mm-hmm. of this is actually something I need. Yeah. Right. And I would so choose the honesty over a people pleaser anytime, even though mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my husband's both. <laughs> yeah. We can still have those tendencies. They come up, yeah. but as long as they're, you know, in those smaller ways, I, I don't think they can. They're in them- check. Yeah. And we do them consciously, right? Like there are times he does things for me that I didn't ask for, and it can be very sweet. Yeah. But the big problem is that we don't want to feel resentful. I have so many women who's like, I do all these things for my husband and he doesn't eat. Oh, one of my clients was like, I spent all of Saturday afternoon cleaning the baseboards. And I told my husband and he said, thank you. And I was like, and she's like, I would say that too. (laughs) He wasn't that excited about him. I'm like, well, did he ask you to clean the baseboards? And she's like, no. 
I'm like, does he even know that baseboards need to be clean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, cause it's not important to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're expecting somebody else to, and she would get resentful about that. I'm doing all this work. And it's like, well, he doesn't even think that's important. It's like, if you told him to clean the whole house, I bet you baseboards wouldn't even be on his list. No. Like, it's, just, it's not going to happen, right? So it's about learning. Yeah, it's about just learning why are you doing what you're doing? She doesn't do baseboards anymore because I was like, mm-hmm. well, why are you doing all that stuff? Does it matter? I haven't cleaned my baseboards. Like, yeah, I don't know <laughs> they need cleaning either. When I move out. <laughs> right. So so if we're going to go that route of trying to surprise our partner and, and do something mm-hmm. nice in hopes that, you know, we get that acknowledgement or extra love back, we we one want to make sure that most likely it's actually something that they want. Because mm-hmm. that's Be it, clear it's with yourself gonna... that you're offering it to. It's a gift. Right. Yeah. This is not a trade. Yeah, no expectations. Because you're in doing return. something nice this week does not mean that he's going to be grateful or excited or going to do something for you next week. Right? Yes. yes. So it's about giving from knowing that we're giving because it makes us feel good, not because we're necessarily making a contract with the other person, right? I love that. I do nice things for you and you have to do nice things for me. Mm-hmm. It's because it's being more mindful and conscious over it. Like, I hate to believe that I would never do something nice for my husband just because he hasn't asked for something specific, right? Yeah. Um, but I can also know that I'm doing it mindfully. I'm not going to bend over backwards for something that I don't know if he'll like. And I'm just like, and there's this really extra pressure that goes on it, right? So when my husband used to try to fix things when I was upset, Mm-hmm. He would start doing things that I didn't really want him doing, right? I was like, well, I don't want that either. Like, why Why are you trying to fix – like, I haven't asked for anything. Mm-hmm. And then I felt the extra pressure of having to be super grateful for it because he went out of his way to do something that – I like, to cook something I'm not even going to eat. Yeah. And now he feels mad that I'm not eating it even though I never asked for it and I don't even like the ingredients. Like – Ooh, recipe ooh, for disaster. Recipe for disaster, right? Now, if he was, he does it now, he makes himself food and he's like, yeah, it's here if you like it, right? Or mm-hmm. if he really wants me to eat it, he'll be, he'll tell me exactly what's in it. I'm a picky eater. So he'll yeah. tell me, hey, these are the things that are in it. Are you going to want some? Like that's, that's different, right? It's an offering rather than expectation. Yes, exactly. Because mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. expectation is just a new codependent pattern and it feels mm-hmm. icky. There's, they're like unspoken contracts, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to do this for you, whether you like it or not. And then I expect you to react or reciprocate in some way. Yeah. That's what makes us angry. Stop cleaning the freaking baseboards like I mean I just yes. I don't, just stop cleaning the baseboards if they're not that important to you and they're not important to him why why are you cleaning them you're either cleaning them because you it's your comfort that the baseboards are clean and you feel good about it mm-hmm. or you don't do it like that's right. kind of how I, I would coach anyway it's like yeah. you you choose your heart you know and yeah maybe it's going to be uncomfortable for you to not do the baseboards you choose what's more uncomfortable, you spending an entire afternoon cleaning them or the fact that there's some dust on them. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, I, I love all your examples, especially how real these are and mm. how vulnerable you've been. Um, is there anything else that, that we need to give listeners um, for today's show in terms of being vulnerable and asking for what we want? Yeah, I don't think so. Other than like, whew, yeah, make your life easier. I'm telling you, asking for what you want is like the sexiest thing on earth. It makes mm-hmm. me so happy when I know exactly how I can make my partner happy. Yeah. And then also looking at what it is that you want to ask and just asking yourself that really important question, is this a safety issue, meaning a need, or is this a once that I'm uncomfortable if this thing doesn't change? Because yeah. the uncomfortable, you can do some personal growth work around mm-hmm. and you might, you can ask about it too. And Again, we don't get everything we want, so we may not get it, and we still may have to decide whether or not that's a deal breaker or if we can negotiate some other way to get what we want. Right, right. Finding an alternative, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much. I thought all of this was really helpful, um, especially to to us who are usually leaning on the more codependent side or people-pleasing side, and then we get angry when we don't get the response that we're hoping for. So this was really helpful. Um, you mentioned this. So you have a self-love course. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any other courses that listeners could check out? Yes. In April, I'm actually releasing a relationship course. So we're going to talk about the basics of being in relationship, all those things that you probably should have learned in school or while we were growing up, but they never actually taught. (laughs) Yes. Like making boundaries and asking for what we want, especially in those vulnerable spaces. And it's a small group coaching program. So very cool. Limited seats, but that's what's going to be available. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I love the name Stubborn Love. Like, geez, what love isn't stubborn sometimes, right? I know, right? <laughs> we all get to that point. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you'll be able to give uh, more to and reach more people by doing those group programs like that. So I'll make sure to get all those details into the show notes for listeners to check that out if they would like to. Um, thank you so much for being on here. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to spread more education about making relationships actually work so we don't have to stay stubborn. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Thank you so much. This has been a really beautiful experience. And I'm, I listen to your podcasts and they're really great. You've had some great guests. So thank you so much for including me. Yes, you're all rock stars. So thank you. And we'll talk soon.